And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't done so yet, check out our weekly email where I'm sharing actual website and marketing tips, useful podcasts, free resources, and much, much more each and every Monday. Kick off your week with a bang. Why not give it a trial over at businessgrowth.email. Johan Abadie, Johan's SVP of marketing over at Media Fly. He's also a trained chemist who has turned a marketer. Johan, welcome to the show, sir. How's it going? Uh, I'm good, Green. Doing great. Thank you for having me. No worries, man. So, looking forward to this one. We're going to be chatting all things demand creation versus demand capture. Something I always enjoy chatting about. Um, especially when we stream these episodes live on LinkedIn, because I know there's many in B2B, service-based, SaaS-based, tech-based industries that love harping on about demand uh, creation, demand generation all day long. And then when you start talking about demand capture, everyone seems to go quiet. Why that is, I don't know. Perhaps you'll prove me wrong. Perhaps you'll say what I'm saying is nonsense. I'm excited either way to jump in. So first and foremost, let's set the scene, Johan. What is the difference between demand creation and demand capture. I think I got started. It's not my analogy, but I heard uh, Chris Walker once uh, discuss the uh, promotion of toothpaste. And okay. He was saying before we started using, uh, we started uh, using or having sugar in our diet very regularly. There was no such a thing as toothpaste. People didn't brush their teeth very regularly. Then it started. You had to make people aware of the problem that they had with their teeth, running mm. if they didn't clean them. And then you had to promote your solution for uh, for that problem, but without educating the market, no one would have bought toothpaste. So it's all about education. Uh, it's all about creating awareness about the problem first and letting people know how they can solve the problem going forward. So that's the main creation for you. Gotcha, gotcha. So creating a awareness around a problem. Right that you're offering your solution, your product can can fix or can solve. Correct. Gotcha. And what would you say is demand capture as a quick snapshot? Once, once there is awareness, once people are looking for this, when they are looking for it, when they are showing their intent to, uh, to purchase, then you have to uh, get uh, front and forward and uh, get them to want to buy from you. And that's demand capture. And that's Google ad social, social media can allow you to do that, but then there is intent. It's a very different, uh, very different motion there. Yep. Yep. So talking about two different things, right? We're talking about creating awareness of some kind of problem, some kind of issue that you might fix with your product or your solution over time to build up that demand for your service, or we're talking about actually capturing the demand when there's someone already knows they've got something they need help with they need your they know they need your offering they might not necessarily know your brand but then they're they're capturing that kind of intent or that desire for for whatever you whatever you sell correct and you you said something important is they have to be aware of your brand are you going to buy something are you going to buy from a brand you have never heard of it's very rare um especially in the b2b space so Mm. the 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 awareness piece is not only awareness about the problem, it's awareness about the solution that your brand offer to solve yep. the problem. Yeah. Do you think that's like super, do you think that is really important in where we are now, time of recording 2022? Do you think most B2B buyers need to be aware of your organization or your brand to actually have trust to purchase your stuff? Absolutely. How do you buy? Think of it, think of the way you buy, whether it's a recommendation from someone you know, or whether you have seen, and you know, this is a, I read a great book called uh, Method of Persuasion. We have, we have, we have this way of thinking and this way of, uh, of acting that is beyond even our control. You know, the, the reptilian brain is a, is a, is a fabulous thing for a, for marketer when used correctly. If, if, if something is top of mind for you, you're going to try to address it here and there. Um, so if the problem is top of mind and a brand is top of mind, your first reflex is going to go to that brand. 
if a problem is top of mind, I am talking to Sam, and Sam is, I think you should check this out. What are you going to do? You're going to go check out the recommendation that uh, that uh, there was given to you. So brand is is one of the main uh, the main uh, the main challenge that all marketers have. You have to develop your brand one way or the other. Hmm. Hmm. So I'll give some scenarios in a minute that I want to play devil's advocate on. Mm-hmm. But which do you think is more important for companies to focus on actually building demand or capturing? It very much depends at what stage you're in. If okay. you are, if you are one of the top, uh, the top dog in the space, um, you have cash to spend. Well, you can go ahead and educate the market. This is great. Uh, if you are more of the underdog, and you have less res- less resources available, and less resources is less cash, uh, less bodies to do the work, then I think that you have to be uh, more opportunistic, and you have to capture the demand, whenever you can. Um, it's shortest path of resistance, if you will. Building a brand takes time, takes mm. takes resources, it takes money, it takes people. It's even the right people, a lot of money might not build the type of brand that uh, that you are looking for. It's just very very hard to do. If there is a book on this that uh, that uh, solves all of these problems for all marketers, send it over because I've found it yet. So, so you're saying, depending on the stage of the organization, if they're quite early stage, you think they should focus on actually capturing demand, so capturing people that are already aware that they have an issue and they might be searching for kind of your service or your Correct. offering. Whereas if you're later stage, then does that mean if you're later stage, you just focus on creating demand, you ignore demand no, capture? You have to do both. You have to do both. And, and most good companies understand this, obviously. And you, because... Sure. Because, you know, this is the funnel. I, I don't like the funnel very much, but it's a very <laughs> good representation of of, of uh, how marketing teams are uh, evaluated. But um, you have to be able to capture people early, uh, early on in their buying cycle. And uh, whenever possible, when they are lower than the funnel, you have to be able to get them as well. Your sales cycle is going to be shorter if you catch them when they are ready to buy, obviously. If you are one of the top players in the space, um, you will most likely be part of this uh, of this buying cycle. But if you're not, well, make sure you are part of this evaluation. Give your give your team a chance. The other part that is important is when you do demand, demand capture, um, people are more supposedly more ready to buy, which means that when you uh, send these uh, leads or these prospects over to your sales team, your sales team is going to see a um, better chance of them meeting their quota, depending on your sales cycle, than someone that they have to educate and nurture for a while. So it's not it's not just demand or creating demand versus capturing demand. It's all of the sales motion that is going to come and the marketing motion that will come behind what you're doing as well. If you have to do demand creation, you have to do a lot of education. You have to dedicate more resources. Your sales cycles are much longer, and you are not producing as quickly funnel for your pipeline. And all yeah. marketing teams now are moving away from MQLs versus you know sales qualified uh, opportunity. Well, you say, oh, I know there's still plenty that still aren't. <laughs> <laughs> but but do you do you want to get early uh, into the buying cycle so that you can? help and also influence obviously the direction that they're going to take or do you want to try to come in later on and mm. uh, and basically differentiate uh, as well as you can to convince them that you are you should be part of that uh, of that uh, of the buying process different motion again it depends but I, I've done it with uh, with with smaller companies okay I would focus on demand capture because as a marketer, you have to show results very quickly. If you don't help create pipeline quickly, people lose faith, they lose patience. If your VCs want to show quarter over quarter results, then go after demand capture. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? I mean, if you're, if you're building up demand, if over time you're educating the audience, you're sharing with them the problems you fix, you're sharing with them useful information, helpful tips, insights. So over time, you're 
in the back of people's brains. So when they eventually need your offering, they know you. And then if they do do, say, a Google search around your service, even if they want to compare a couple vendors, you're probably still perhaps their vendor of choice because they've seen all of your stuff, whether that's on LinkedIn, whether that's YouTube or wherever they're marketing to and wherever the audience hangs out. So I get that. Um, and like you say, it's an interesting point. If if you're just going after capturing demand, so perhaps you're doing things like review websites like G2 and whatever your industry relevant review site is or Google ads or SEO. So when people search for your offering who don't know your brand, then find your website, maybe request a demo or request a consult. Then I suppose you lose that edge whilst you can still capture the lead and you can get the, the sales conversation going. Um, it's it's probably, I suppose, a little bit difficult for your sales team to actually close the deal because they haven't got that brand reputation. So it takes a bit more effort. The sales cycle is perhaps a little bit longer because the, the prospect sure. isn't aware of you. For sure. For sure. And, 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 and they understand also the, 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 the mindset, the, the, the human um, element to this is when you're helpful, you build trust and reciprocity. So people are going to give you more slack and are going to be, well, we'll trust you more. If you have be uh, if you have been in full uh, at some point within their sales cycle, and if it starts at the beginning, they will share more information with you. They will give you more uh, more opportunities to uh, to win that deal uh, that deal going forward. So super important. This this reciprocity part is, is is super important. And and like I said, I had an interview with a potential SDR for our team yesterday. Okay. And I asked her, what do you think is the most important thing uh, as an SDR? What and do I was, think? No, I ask her. Oh, right, okay. In the interview, what do you think? <laughs> yep. I'll ask you uh, if, if you agree or disagree with me after I tell you that. And she was, well, I think I have to be confident. I have to offer uh, some uh, some solutions. So I, she, she had good answers, but I was, well, the most important thing is them. You focus on them. You listen to them. This is the first thing. This is the first element that you have to... Uh, that you have to uh, to uh, to master. It's all about them and what they are focused on and what they care about. Then you try to align this with what we are offering. But if your outlook is, I'm going to tell them my solution is awesome. I'm going to tell them how I can solve problems for how people. great we are. Yeah, exactly. How great we are. If it's about you, it's not going to work out very very well. I told her it's very much like a, like a, like a date. If you talk about yourself. The person in front of you is going to be, yeah, I don't think this is a good match. Focus on them, care about them, listen to them, actively listen to them, and then you get a shot. I don't know. What do you think is the most important thing? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been an SDR. So years ago, when we were building up this company and another company, I've I've set appointments kind of uh, for myself, a sales team. And yeah, I'd, I'd agree to a certain extent. I mean, there's a few factors outside your control, I suppose, the things like making sure you've got decent data or leads or whatever you're going to fall sure. up on. And then, yeah, like you say, not focusing on how great your company is, which is marketing and sales 101, focusing on what understanding what your prospect actually cares about. So what are like the three biggest bleeding neck pain points that your ideal customers care about fixing? So have conversations with the sales leaders, have conversations with the marketing team. What are the like two or three top biggest problems that you fix? Then in the first kind of 27 seconds of the call, after you've done like a permission-based opener, then you can crack on and say, look, these are the kind of three main pain points we fix. Are these issues that you ever see in your world? And like if the prospect's like kicking back saying they're not, then probably not really a warm prospect. You only want to focus on people that actually have these kind of issues that you're going to resolve. And then you can see if it's worth a conversation, hand it over to an AE. Um, Very much so. Very my much two so. cents. Yeah. And it, like you said, I mean, data is important there. This is how you help your team. Intent data. Have they been on your website? Where did they go on your website? Then you can be more contextually relevant in your uh, in your discussion, for sure. Cool. We digress. We digress. Right. Sorry. Back. Back. No worries. Always good fun. I like I like talking sales. Um, so, so we talked about kind of the difference between demand gen, difference between demand ca- capture, and the fact that you believe kind of companies, depending on where they're at, Perhaps if they're early stage, should look at demand capture. If they're later stage, should do 
demand building demand creation as well as capturing that demand that they've built so let's perhaps look at a couple scenarios johan let's say mm-hmm. we are a b2b startup um let's say we are in the tech space we are let's do some kind of software maybe we provide what sector should we be in we provide let's say finance b2b software it can be crm it can be whatever you want um b2b based and we need to get some fuel for our fire we need to get some leads for our sales team so what are some of the first few things that we should do in your opinion to either should we be going for some demand creation channels or should we be going for some demand capture channels what would be your kind of roadmap for a marketing leader for this organization as some of the first steps i would look at where is my audience number one trying to reach them there whenever i can um the second thing that i would do is uh, look at uh, take a look at google do some seo search with google and uh, google ads and see who is there who is present on this uh, on this uh, on this uh, subject on this uh, in this uh, in this space and i would rather than looking at uh, keywords i would look at brands okay I would go after brands. Why? Because people are always brand aware, are already brand aware. So when when people are solution and brand aware, they're further down the funnel. Right. So I should be able to capture demand uh, going after them. Now I have to differentiate myself from from these people. So an example would be, let's call you know company uh, Acme Financial, giving you a yeah. software for your solution. You look at Acme uh, Financial competitors, Acme Financial um, um, alternatives, mm-hmm. and uh, you beat on these keywords, and you see the volume that you are getting from this. And um, and uh, within within a, a couple of weeks, you should be able to uh, to see whether or not you have enough volume, and if you are converting uh, on the page you are sending people to. That's what I would okay. do. Okay, let's just break that down a little bit. The first point. Did you say who your audience is and where they hang out? Mm-hmm. Any yeah. tips for defining that from your experience? Um, I do a lot. So you have a lot of podcasts um, that I would uh, that I would see through and LinkedIn. And if you are again, if you are small, yeah, go after some smaller podcast or an influencer in one of these podcasts and sponsor their their show. I mean, they're going to do it for a few hundred bucks. And uh, you're going to get not only some awareness with the persona you're going after, okay. but then you will leverage word of mouth from these people. Yep. Let, them, let them do the talking. Yeah, The great marketers get other people to say how great they are. Because if I tell you I'm great, nobody's going to believe me. Plus, I'm French, so it's not going <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll think we're great. But um, if, it's com- if it comes from a third party, then... You have some, All right. some some uh, some real validation there. It just takes a little longer. It's yeah. just more a long winded play. Are you saying like go on um, industry specific niche podcasts? Let's look to sponsor those. Yeah. So if there was like a small finance based yeah. one, exactly. Go after that. Yeah. And you can and you can do you can do some some. You are making some small bets. You are not spending tens of thousands of dollars doing it. It's yeah. a few hundred bucks here and there, and um, and they trust already that person they are listening to that podcast um, and you can do the same with mailing list too mm. so. that's nice yeah i've not really thought about i don't think we've talked about that much on the show so going after niche little podcasts in in the sector interesting okay any other ways that you found useful to define exactly who you want to target as a ideal client um not necessarily marketing to them but any well, intent I okay. leverage intent uh, a lot. So if you are, if you have, uh, if you have a service that allows you to uh, to uh, to get some intent data, then go after them. You know, one of the analogies that I take with my team all the time is: try to sell me diapers. Good luck. My kids are 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 out of diapers, and they have been for a few years now. Doesn't matter how good of a deal you give me. I'm not going to buy diapers. So if you can get intent data, if you can do it right, and doing it right means you filter out the noise, you know, it's not because someone from a company went to a, to a web page with the keywords you are tracking that they are in, uh, 
in market. But if you can get first, second, third party intent, um, go after these companies. The signals should, uh, should indicate for you that your team should probably go after them. So work on that. Hopefully that makes sense, right? First party intent, they came on your website. Second party intent is G2, Trust Radius, one of this uh, uh, in the B2B, uh, in the B2B space, obviously. And third party intent, you know, the Bombora of, of the world and uh, Zoom Info. Um, okay. ABM platform, that's six cents. Um, gotcha. With early stage, you might not have the means to uh, get, uh, get six cents uh, set up, but go after this. Try to try to go medium to bottom funnel as much as possible. Really All right. On that. How is that typically what you'd provide with your sales team, like the SDR team maybe, to do outreach on email or cold calling and things like that? Correct. And we try to, uh, you know, one of my dreams is no more cold calling. Um, <laughs> when you call them, you have heard of them. And this is the omni-channel approach. So you are going after... So you are defining who is in market based on intent, and you are priori- you prioritize this uh, this account because you know that there is some interest. We know the personas and the departments uh, that are probably interested in that or are looking into it, and we get our SDR team to reach out to them with a sequence that is omni-channel, so social media, email, phone calls, and on the top of that, our team will do digital advertising to them, targeted digital advertising to them. And the advantage of this, um, you know, everyone hates cookies, but as a marketer, you leverage cookies. Someone comes on your website. Now they are brand aware. Now they have to be, what is it that we can do for you? So your market, we target to them um, with uh, some case studies, some, uh, some, uh, some references that, mm. uh, that, are, that are tied to what you can do for them, specifically for them. And hopefully they want to talk to you. Chili Piper is an advanced scheduling solution for B2B revenue teams. Rather than listen to me ramble on, here's a super happy customer describing how Chili Piper has revolutionized the way they work. Chili Piper as a tool has just become part of our fabric. It's our meeting booking system for our prospects. And you'll be pleased to hear it just does it. It's like the ideal piece of software which you don't have to babysit. It just does what it needs to do. My SDR team like using it as well. The main bulk of their role is outbound prospecting, which they use Chili Piper to book book those meetings. Ultimately, they are booking meetings for the account executive. Their handoff is working you know, really well. You just heard there how Chili Piper can free up resources and turbocharge your productivity. Book your free demo today over at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I percom slash bgs chilipiper.com slash bgs are you tired of competitors stealing your traffic leads and sales all because they're higher on google maybe you're investing in paid ads but want to enjoy the benefits of organic seo meaning free traffic and inbound customers and not having to pay google for every single click or perhaps you're running seo and ads but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Any of this sound familiar? Let the team at WebChoice fix that for you. Book a free consultation today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. We're going off topic quite a bit, but I don't mind because I think this is quite interesting. I think this is also useful for people that want to scale an organization fast. Um, so I was talking to someone the other day about this, actually. Um, funny enough, I was talking about to them about SEO and the fact that they were spending a ton of cash on the old predictable revenue model. So having SDRs drop because typically B2B tech companies just love hiring SDRs. They'll spend crazy money on sales reps um, right at the top of the funnel to generate those appointments, feed them through to account executives. Hey, I get that. If it, if it works well, fair enough. Um, but then when it comes to investing in digital marketing, they just seem kind of that the budget goes from massive to yeah. absolutely tiny. But 
from your experience, what should be the split between an outbound motion, so hiring SDRs, because that can be quite expensive, right? As yeah. opposed to digital. So if we're talking about things like going after intent data, where we're talking about paid ads, which we'll talk about in a minute, or SEO. What do you think should be the split? Well, I, tr- I built that at Mediafly. So um, I we started the SDR team. It was a back and forth. We had SDRs and we didn't have NDR and we got rid of SDR. And uh, <laughs> last year it was, well, if we want to scale, you know, just relying on your website. I mean, you build websites, you know that very, very well. But in the B2B world, it's not like we're selling potatoes. It's, it's some of the solutions that you're offering are complex solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, just relying on self-service, it's just... It doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Uh, th- there is so much you can convey um, through uh, videos and uh, guides and uh, and uh, checklists and and so on. So at some point, you have to remember that uh, the sales motion is very much people selling to people. It's H to H. And when you are doing marketing, more often than not, you are doing one to many. And this message is not that personalized, not that optimized. Uh, so I very much see the SDR team as the extension of your marketing team. And they are the ones who uh, will do the one-to-few, one-to-one. They are the ones who will personalize um, the, the, the messaging uh, that you have blasting uh, digitally to them ahead of time. So... Doing in the B2B space, in my opinion, do it doing strictly uh, digital without having an SDR is probably a mistake. If you are selling a solution, a point solution that is super, super targeted with a very, very defined value prop and the cost is, you know, five bucks per, uh, per user per month, then you can get away with it. Hmm. What yeah. do you think the, let's, let's put it into perspective. So what do you think is, because from my experience, right, you have to have a reasonably high ticket offering, whether that's SaaS, a monthly subscription or annual subscription, whatever the heck you offer, to actually justify hiring SDRs. What do you think? What's your thought there? I, you need to be at 5K a month on your offer, otherwise SDRs are an absolute waste of time. Um, any I thoughts there? More, I think it's more LTV, the lifetime value of the accounts that, uh, that you're getting. Um, so you have to do some math there ultimately is what is your uh, customer acquisition cost and what is your overall LTV? And in a company, if you are able to increase pipeline by 5 to 10% with an SDR and do the, do, do the math with your LTV, if your lifetime value for the customer um, increases year over year, then you know, 80K OTE for an SDR is not going to look very, very bad. I think that mm-hmm. we are, you have to play the long game for this one. It's not, it's not how much did they produce today. It's yeah. how much impact do you get, do you get overall when you add an SDR and a second SDR and a third SDR. I can tell you, we're closing deals. There are three figures, uh, six figures, sorry. So six figures, well over 100K. Thanks to SDR reaching out to people with a personalized message. Doesn't matter which uh, which uh, marketer you are talking to, if these people are able to do the exact same thing with fully digitally automated uh, campaigns, I want them on my team tomorrow, like tomorrow, because that's a superpower. I don't mm. think it works out that way. Mm. So, do you still think, even if this is a, a B two B, perhaps? non-funded startup in the finance space perhaps they've got let's say not a massive budget 10k a month or so for their marketing spend do you still think sdrs are going to be a a go-to i would probably get an sdr and if you are you really if you are tight on cash well get abroad outsource it don't uh, don't add uh, don't add someone to your uh uh, to your team where you have to pay all of the benefits. I mean, I hate to say this, but uh, ultimately you, you, you can get it done. You, you, you test it, you work out the kinks with someone, uh, someone that is outside and then you scale it when you see it work. 
this is good. I like this. Um, I think you're one of the very few marketers that we have on. We've had a couple, but a lot of them are moving away from the SDR role and or trying to say that outbound sales is kind of dead in the water. But I'm I'm with you. I'm all for multi-channel. I'm all for yeah. outbound as well as in as well as inbound. I mean, ultimately, if like you say, if if you're testing something and it's actually working and if it's, it's driving real revenue over time after six months, eight months, or 12 months, a decent test, then it makes sense to keep on as long as it is so. All right. And I'll say also there is, there, is, there is the perception. The only reason why I think most people will tell you SDRs don't work is it's very hard. Attribution. I mean, this I, I use the A word. It's just terrible that I went there. But uh, attribution is tough. And... Um, I remember using this analogy with uh, with, a, with a few people before where I asked them, can you tell during, you know, the courtship with uh, with your uh, with your um, uh, future spouse, can you tell spawn to one moment where this was it, that you knew that uh, that you would be together forever? No, it was an interaction. It took it took several meetings. It took it took. It took a lot of talk together. It took a lot of things to get to that relationship, to define that you both wanted to be uh, with one another. It's the same thing with the interaction with uh, with uh, with a prospect. There are several touch points that do happen that make this relationship work going sure. forward. What is yeah. that touch point? Was it the SDR sending an email that was not open, by the way? Most of them are not open. Was it them leaving a voicemail? Then they went on your website and went around and, and you got them on the chat with your qualified or drift. How do you define this? So the, I think that this human-to-human -human interaction is getting lost more and more. If, if I was selling to an algorithm, then yeah, just go ahead and uh, digitize, digitalize everything. Fine. It makes total sense. But we are... In the B2B space, we're selling to human beings. We're selling to people who have emotions, who have needs. And these needs change from day to day. If you connect them with another human being who is listening, who is willing to, uh, to, uh, to actually try to help them move forward. And I think it's important. You don't want to sell. You want to help them. Then it works out. I don't know how to do that with tech. And God, I love tech. I love my tool. <laughs> But I think the, the SDRs are the best way to do that. The other reason why I like SDR is at some point, you are getting so many parameters in this equation. And again, I'm, I'm a chemist. I build supply chains. So I, I see very much this as a supply chain, right? You have so many touch points. And people can come to you at the very beginning of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, of, of the buying cycle. But which, um, how educated they, they are, matters in the interaction. How um, aware they are of the market does matter. Uh, how fast they can learn does matter. And are they from sales? Are they from marketing? Are they from ops? If you have a solution that can be used by different, uh, different uh, departments and different personas, the equation becomes very, 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 very complex. I don't know how to create personalized interactions or that many personalized interactions and manage this over time. This is just too complex of an equation for me to solve with tech. Humans are still yeah. super, the super, superhuman. They can pivot. They can adapt based on the signals that they are getting better than machines. Yeah, yeah. I'll um I'll give you my quick take on it, and then we'll move on um to the next point. So this it's kind of interesting because the way I look at it is with um demand creation and likewise with demand capture i believe there's only so many people that you can do it to so let's give you a case in point so demand capture there's only be so many there's only like i think the stat is there's only like five percent of people in your total addressable market that, that are solution three. aware yeah. is it three three to five what yeah something like that something small so they'll be going to review sites they'll be searching on google for your product and offering providing you're at the top They'll click on your website. If your website can convert, you'll get the demo request. You'll get the consult request. You'll get the inbound lead. Fine. Um, likewise, with demand creation, whatever channels your audience are on, if that's podcast, if that's LinkedIn, if that's YouTube, wherever you're building up your educational market, um, over time, you're nurturing those people. Fine. 
that's only again a certain amount of people that are actually residing on those channels but outbound as much as i love i mean we sell websites in seo so i love inbound that's what we do but as much as i love that there's people that aren't going to be doing those things that have never heard of your brand that don't actually know they're in the market for what you do so that's where i believe outbound is effective because you're basically saying look these are the problems we solve and then some people think well yeah, that problem does resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Starts a conversation, goes through the, the sales process. So, yeah, I think when when marketers say like outbound's dying or cold calling or cold email is just a way to surefire way to piss people off. Yes, it's going to piss people off, but it's still going to generate it's still going to generate revenue if you do it right in the right way. Um, so, I still think we're at a stage in time where you can't just rule out outbound. Correct, but I also think it's your your. Um... Your overall your overall philosophy has to be uh, has to be well defined when you do outbound. Just mm-hmm. like you're single, you go into a bar and you scream, <laughs> "I'm single! I'm ready right now! Come to me!" <laughs> I I mean, maybe it's going to work for a few. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think it's the best way to present yourself. Again, if you help, if you educate, these people will come to you when they are ready. Yeah, the SDRs can do a much better job than any digital campaign. I think, it's in my way. opinion, you can put together. Is the way to educate people in a bar just to buy a round for everyone? Or... <laughs> exactly. When you scream at 2 a.m., I'm single after you got everyone drunk. <laughs> that might work. That <laughs> yeah. That's one way of doing it, sure. Cool, sure. man. Um, so we, we talked quite a bit. That was interesting in terms of kind of the audience, the capture. We went on a, a nice topic about outbound. At before that, you were talking about something that, that piqued my interest. You talked about doing a search for your offering. So in our case, we're talking about helping bring to market a B2B finance software as a startup. And you said search, seeing what results come up when you search for the product or service and then going after those brands. So were you talking about going after Google AdWords branded search? Yes. Or, okay. Very Does much that so. still work? Uh yeah, as far as I can tell, I'm still getting I'm still getting leads every day from uh, from uh, from this. It it works. So it, it's it's if if the term is not too uh, is not too vague. Uh, so try try the longer tail or the brand again the brands uh, the brand searches. So brand X alternative brand X competitor. People are really uh, more down the funnel on this one. And how do you define that it works? Is volume, time on the time on time on your site, and right. overall conversion. So try yeah. it. Look at the terms that are that are that are popular, and if you and you can do it in Google Ads, right? You can see the number of uh, the bounce rate. You can see the number of pages per session. You can see the time on site. You can see your um, your uh, impression share. You can mm-hmm. see how often you're on the top. If these numbers, for them, some of them you want low for uh, obviously the bounce rate. But if 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 these numbers do look good, it probably means that you're targeting the right uh, the right audience. That's Interesting. You think down. that's one of the first things that brand should do? This is the first. If you're a marketer, this is the first thing you should look at because this is when it's going to get you some some uh, some funnel some some some. Uh, some opportunities for your uh, for you is the fastest. Yeah, it, it will. It's it's a lot harder to be uh, even 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 for you, Sam. I mean, if if I see your ad on LinkedIn, I've never heard of you before. Uh, the likelihood of me being willing to buy right here and now after seeing your brand based on awareness is low. Now I'm looking for good. You know, people can say whatever they want. When you need something, a lot of people Google. They just do. That's what happens. Oh yeah, I'm a and firm believer in that. Sure. You're capturing demand. It's not disruptive. It's it's contextually relevant, right here and there. Yeah. Well, I still think because I come across it directly, right? I still run quite a lot of the sales element for our company. Mm-hmm. Even if you've built a lot of, even if you've built a lot of um, brand affinity with a prospect, even if they've been listening to your podcast, they've been following your LinkedIn, people will still compare agencies. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, like, there's a lot of marketers that say, oh, you build the demand, they're 100% going to buy with you. That's just not true. Some will, but some are still going to compare you with one, two, or three other vendors. They're going to go to G2. They're going to go to Google. They're going to, like, compare pricing features, spec, for sure. good stuff. 
For sure. Um, but think of it think of it that way. Show me a company today that doesn't beat on their own branding. If they are not, they are wasting a ton, a ton of uh, of uh, of opportunities. And it's 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 crazy. It's really annoying. It, I hate Google for having to build on my own brand. Yeah. But that's that's a reality. Do you ever get pushback from competitors? Like when you bid on other brand brands' terms, like other brands' names, do you ever get like? Because we have before, and we did it by accident. Like we literally didn't actually mean to bid on someone else's company name, and it happened. Yeah. And some company like wrote us an email saying, "How dare you bid on our brand name? You need to take it off within twenty four hours, or we're filing a lawsuit." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure it's legal." You can. Um, yeah. Plus, we didn't actually do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, no, but everyone does it. Mm. I mean, just look at Google. Oh look yeah, at the brand name and look at uh, you know the insights on uh, who is coming up for yep. your brand, and you get some pushback with them bidding more on their own keyword, and you know ultimately I don't like it, but that's that's the that's other thing is when everyone does it and when you see your term leading to um, leading to uh, leading to some pipeline, well you, you have to do more of this and think of it that way also is. You're gonna build. You're, you're gonna bid on your own on on your own brand, because yeah. Google put will put ads ahead of um, search results. It's true. Our brains, our eyes are seeing this brand, and the next time that they are going on your site, they might go direct or they might look for. Uh, uh, you know, this is the, uh, the the brand search. Well, mm. I'll use MediaFly. I'll mm. use Chili Piper. In, and 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 the attribution is even wrong on this one. They saw you through an ad, so they are typing your brand in the browser, and they are getting to your website. And it's it's. Uh, and I, I saw this transition since last year, by the way. Interesting. My traffic oh. through paid search went down. My traffic through direct and organic. Yeah. Went up. Well, because of the ads because of the ads i know it's the ads it's not only the ads but uh for sure and you can test it very quickly i wonder so, if there's some i wonder if there's some general stats on the percentage of people that like build a build affinity build like a a liking towards a brand so let's say a tech SaaS company that they're needing help with and then type that in on google are just about to click the google ad for that direct company but then see like a competitor ad saying Oh, have you considered us? We're like three times faster to install. We're half the price, and we'll get you set up in like two hours. I wonder how many people then flick onto that ad and then inquire on both. Isn't it your job as a, before you make a decision to uh, to uh, to look around and compare? Hmm. I, I, Interesting stuff, right? Cool. Um, so those were the, those were the ter- first few things. What were some of the next steps? Johan, that you recommend. So we talked about kind of doing a niche audience stuff. Then we talked about doing branded ads. Um, what are some of the next steps that you'd recommend? ABM. So go target the companies that are very much like your uh, delighted uh, your delighted customers. Listen to the calls from your customers, what they like, what they don't like, and uh, and uh, use their terms and go after people who are like them. And um, and uh, build. There, you have to build awareness because most of them are already in market. But then you have you have a proxy for them. Hey, I've talked to X, who is just like you in a similar space, and we have done A, B, and C for them. Want it no more? And um, and uh, tell them a story through uh, through ABM. Uh, the challenge with ABM is again. Cash, obviously, um, but uh, if you don't target twenty thousand companies, <laughs> if you have SDR help, you can be pretty uh, prescriptive in uh, yeah. how you approach these people. Okay. So, qu- quality over quantity there, but go after the one who are the most delighted by your uh, by your offer, and the closest to the ones who are delighted by your offer, and uh, and you'll be able to scale some. Okay. Um- we won't go into ABM too much. We've got past episodes on account-based marketing. So if you just search business growth show account-based marketing, you should be able to find some some gems around that. Um, are there any more points that you think initially or are those your, your top four or five? 
Yeah, I would also go after um, the um, OCNC, old customers, new companies. Okay. You know, they know you, they have worked with you. They are now in yeah. a new position. Um, and you have a few offering for that, you know, public signals, you have user gems. So these people are, are, are most definitely um, more aware and more willing to um, work with that. The other thing that, uh, that you should do is go after your personas. So if you are using uh, Zoom Info, Sales Intel, uh, Slintel, look at, uh, look at the uh, promotions. Look at new hires. Whenever someone comes in into a, into a marketing uh, department or a sales department, they want to uh, they want to put their uh, their print on this, and they want to do things the way the things should be done. They will use different tools, and they will update their tech stack and bring in uh, new vendors to help them do their job. Go after these people. Yep, yep. Is that like a? Do you recommend doing that on an outbound style? You can do both. I mean, I always recommend omni-channel at all <laughs> time. If you do only outbound, as I mean, think of it that way. If I want to get in touch with you and I only call you, it might not work if you don't answer the phone. I call you SMS. Uh, if I uh, ping you on LinkedIn, if I send you an email, left you voicemail and all that stuff, I have a higher chance of. Uh, so this is why I very much see the uh, the, the the SDR, the, the the inbound outbound is kind of. It's a very fuzzy. There is no real um, distinction in my mind now. Uh, they are both intertwined and work with one another very much so, especially for this. When you have a defined ICP, when you have well-defined personas, SDR is, 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 is going to make you a much better marketer. They are my best friends. I love them, SDRs. Love them. <laughs> Nice one, man. Um, old customers, new companies, I like that. Any any others that we should consider? Or those are the top few? Um, well, they're the top. I mean, they're all the things that uh, that do work well, but uh, um, some of them are probably longer-winded and, uh, and, and more costly and harder to put in place. I mean, what you want is you want big impact and the lowest amount of, uh, of work possible. Yeah. That's why I always go after, after Google or go after after specific audiences like where is your audience go after these people talk to these people interact with these people as much as you can i like the list i'm curious as to why you didn't add seo or review sites seo is always 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 part of this um but seo so if you are a new company startup new company in the space it's going to take time it will you don't have time when you have VC backing or if you're bootstrapped, they want to see results today. So I'm a big SEO fan, but um, I also know that, you know, you have these pillar pages and you have this, you have to build these clusters of, uh, of subjects. Actually, if you want SEO, I would say do SEO and uh, use the um, Marcus Sheridan's uh, approach. Marcus Sheridan, they asked. Oh, yeah. Love that book. Formidable the guy but it took time but if you do this in parallel of doing all of the other things that uh, we're talking about yeah go for it this is this is this is definitely uh that will depends on your resources right like you say if you've got vcs or sales teams wanting sales leads super fast then they don't have the patience you need you need that and and seo is getting harder and harder especially in saturated markets for sure yeah search engines are putting a bigger a bigger on us on the brand uh now than they ever were if someone has been in the space for uh, for a few years um you know there are a lot of domains that are linking to them for this uh, this type of searches it's going to be hard to crack that one it just will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. review sites review sites yes for sure i i work i work with them uh, i work with them a lot um there are a few that uh, that uh, that are really good. There is actually one that I like a lot for B two B selling. It's called uh, Caspera. Caspera allows you to uh, to compare. Actually, uh, they they gather all reviews from all websites, and they have these algorithms that basically ask you what is it that you want to accomplish, and then they match you with uh, with uh, with the solutions that are best fit for you. Uh, it, 
it's really really well done so mm. um and um and uh it's it's as far as i know it's not there is no incentives by the brand to mm. uh to uh, to to get anything done like on g2 you're going to pay 25 bucks for a for a for a for a review or any of this stuff so it's it's um i think it's a good uh, aggregator for anyone looking at buying solutions but yes they are very much part of the intent playbook that i have uh that we work so we work with uh, with a few of them whenever someone goes on one of the categories we're in we want to know how often they are going on there how active they are and then we unleash our SDRs and our digital campaigns toward these people. Mm. I like it. I have a, a love-hate relationship with review sites because <laughs> they rank so well on Google, man. It's frustrating. Like the organic search results are insane. That's yes. why they make so much cash. But the funny thing about review sites is that they don't have to do much in terms of content aggregation or population because all the vendors that sign up to the sites provide the content. That's um, very it's insane. But <laughs> so it's the shortest path of resistance. It's brilliant. I mean, it's a great, it's a it's great, a great model. business model. Insane business model. And then vendors like us will spend thousands of thousands a month because we know they rank exceptionally well. We know they get traffic, yes. and it's an easy way to get sales ops. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of the best business models I know of. It is, and, and 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 like you said, SEO and this they compete with one another. They do. How they do you do. break this? How do you break this? Uh, this um, it's 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 yeah the the the, the prominence of these uh, review sites. I I mm. don't know how you do that, especially if you are a, if you are a new company. It's very yeah. Very it's it's all in, well when it comes to SEO, it's all in the long tail. Going after those more yeah. niche specific, Correct. higher intent, longer tail search terms is Correct. the only way because you're just not going to beat the Correct. beat the monsters. Cool man. Well look we've. We've we've gone we've gone on for some time here. It's really been really interesting convo. We've talked all all things. Um, what we'll have to do is get you back because we talked. We set quite a good scenario there for a, in our case, a B two B finance software startup, with their demand capture motion. So we'll have to get you back on another time to talk about the actual generation, the demand creation motion, um, perhaps in a in a couple months time. But okay. as for now, Johan, we'll we'll end it there. And I want to say thanks very much for for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom with us. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. No worries. And with that, please do tell our audience more about how they can learn from you, how they connect, can connect with you, and anything else you want to drive our audience to. Uh, connect with me on uh, on LinkedIn. This is the best way to interact with me. So, Johanna Abadi. Um, and uh, if there is anything that, uh, that uh, I talked about you want to know more of, just ping me, DM me on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. Nice one, dude. And we'll put that link over on the show episode notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. So with that, I want to say thanks very much for everyone to tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, a quick rating on your podcast channel, your audio channel is appreciated. Or if you do tune in on YouTube, a quick subscribe, I'd be really thankful for. And with that, we should catch you on the next episode for more No BS, actionable marketing tips to grow your business and grow your revenue. Cheers for tuning in.